Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm super excited because I am talking with Josh Ermias, CEO of Door Robotics. Josh just launched a campaign with us, the Vista drone. And this drone is super unique, right? This is the first drone with a fully integrated 360 degree camera. Totally makes it, you know, absolutely beautiful, incredible, awe-inspiring, immersive content from your drone, right? So Josh has been working on this for for years. Uh, He and I have been going back and forth. I was looking through my email chain for over two and a half years. So Josh, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Thanks, Roy. So Josh, give our audience a little bit of background, if you would. Tell them where where did this start? What inspired you to create Vista Drone? Sure. So... Way back in 2016, I was a part of this incubator on campus at the University of Maryland uh, called the Startup Shell, and I was working on this drone delivery project. I really wanted to get Chipotle to my dorm room window. (laughs) So I was prototyping and kind of making uh, these built-from-scratch DIY drones, and I was flying them around, but it was really hard to kind of get it to the next level. It's just kind of difficult. And at the same time, I have some background with software engineering, coding, Android development, Java, iOS, things like that. Uh, and so one of one of the people in the incubator had an idea for this 360 app, uh, where it's like an app where you can get 360 videos of these local marketplaces or events and things like that to kind of help market those events. Um, so I was working on this 360 app and I made it for him and uh, he kind of... Uh, paid me by giving me a bunch of 360 cameras and a laptop and a bunch of like hardware that he got from his company's acquisition. So I was just sitting around with this drone technology and I had this 360 camera and that's kind of where it all started. I strapped up the camera to the drone and saw like a really amazing, amazing perspective. And I'd flown drones before and uh, with other drones, FPV with, you know, ones that are on the market, uh, you can only see what's in front of the drone, basically like what's in front of the camera. Uh, and nowadays, you still have to like move the camera manually around while also trying to maneuver physically the drone in six axes. So it's like I found it like really, really difficult to actually get the perfect shot. Um, and then with a 360, you just get the perfect thing every time. So uh, that was kind of the first time when I strapped that camera to that prototype or to that you know DIY quadcopter. Uh, I was like, wow, this is really awesome. I think I think I can make a company around this, and that's kind of where it started. So I know we've got a ton of makers that, you know, listen to this show every week when we produce it. We get a ton of feedback from the guests and the listeners on it. And you you sound like a true maker of the makers. So if you would dive in a little bit deeper in terms of when you were creating Vista Drone for the first time, 
what was that process like? Obviously, you've got parts all around. You've got a really good, you know, mind for the engineering and how things go together. But how did you decide what features to include in the designs in your first launch? So that came straight from people, right? So after strapping the camera to the drone and showing that around, I uh, wasn't really getting much interest or much feedback. Uh, people were like looking at it like, okay, this seems like a neat idea. I don't know if I would use it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we didn't really have a core functionality or core use case for a really long time. So it kind of made it a little bit more difficult to finalize the feature set uh, and the capabilities. And so we iterated on the <clears throat> just the 360 camera drone product a couple of times without uh, really getting anywhere. Uh, that's kind of why I spoke to you early on because I was trying to figure out if we could potentially use Kickstarter to kind of find that audience. But basically what happened at the beginning of this year uh, so last year, Patrick Crow, he joined the team as a co-founder, and he's got a lot of experience with sales, software development sales. He's run a Kickstarter before and delivered products and had a lot of really great experience with that side of things. So he joined the team and beginning of the year this year, we started shopping around this 360 drone concept, uh, sharing images of our prototype. We had some prototypes that were manufactured, outsourced by other companies. Uh, that we were able to get done and we kind of showed that around and we found that realtors and real estate photographers are some of the most highly interested folks who use 360 cameras and drones we're finding that they actually use both they use 360 cameras to take pictures inside and then a drone to take pictures outside um, and so when learning more about that specific market we learned about the process of making these virtual tours and uh, by talking to these people and saying like, hey, you know, we see that you have a 360 camera, we see that you have a drone, uh, what's the limitations for what you have? We have a 360 drone, can that be of use to you? Uh, and then we're finding that the actual process of making the tour is like a really manual, laborious process. Uh, they have to set up this tripod with a 360 camera, mount it in a room, and then take it to the next room, and the next room over and over and over for the entire house. And like, they literally have to, because it's a 360 camera, they have to place it in one room and they have to leave the room, like hide behind a door, you know what I mean? And then click and capture and then run back into the room and move it five feet away and then leave again, hide behind a door. And it's like this really particularly manual process that's kind of backwards at this point. And so uh, we're seeing that, you know, we kind of ideated with the idea, like what if our 360 drone can just fly itself inside and take those pictures, would you, would you pay for that? And then people were like, yes, I absolutely would pay for that. And so this gets a little bit into the into how we did our pre-launch, but um, we got a bunch of people who said they would pay for it and then asked them to pay when we went live. Yeah, and the campaign just went live, raising over $84,000 so far as we're talking about the campaign itself. So in terms of shifting gears and talking a little bit in terms of the preparation for the crowdfunding campaign, I love the fact that obviously you were engaging the crowd very early on when you were building this product and truly building the product around your eventual consumer that was at least looking at it from a real estate perspective. But talk a little bit about the other prep work that you've done leading up to such a successful Kickstarter launch. Sure. So February, March of this year, that's roughly when we finalized who our target personas would be for the folks that we expected to actually pay for this thing once live. So what we did then was we talked to these people and confirmed that, first of all, they would use this and it would save them time or money. And this is something that they would spend money on. And at the, at the price point, that would make sense for us to build it. Um, and once we've got all that confirmed, we actually had them signed a, 
a letter of intent. Um, so it's a non-binding letter of intent. Uh, we, we're calling it a backer agreement or a purchase agreement. Um, and basically we had sent that over to them and said, hey, you know, if you really are interested in p- paying for this, we'd like to show this to our investors, to our internal team, to keep track of everyone who's willing to spend the money on this. If you are willing to spend the money on this, can you sign this document? And, you know, this is a non-binding document. It's not really enforceable in any way. It's not legal, but it's a step after a verbal yes. And so uh, we kind of focused all summer on just dialing people, finding photographers, finding folks who do this kind of thing. Um, and we were able to get a pretty strong list of folks who were, you know, had the money to buy this thing and uh, had the need that was strong enough to pay for it. Uh, and then we made sure we had them sign documents. So they felt that uh, they were actually getting the price point that they were going to get. And they felt it was a more of a, an official capacity and it wasn't just uh, some guy saying, hey, would you buy this? And they're saying, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, and so with those lists, we began knowing, we, we kept growing that uh, and I kept working on the product. And we got the product to the point where it can fly indoors. Uh, it has autonomous, basic autonomous functionality. It's got the 360 cameras built in uh, and we had the plan to manufacture. And so once we had all that together, it started to make sense that, okay, now we can uh, look at launching and actually converting all these, you know, letters of intent and all these purchase agreements that we started taking back in March and kept taking basically all summer um, up until September, uh, just taking all these, you know, signed documents and we're ready to go. So what we did was, you know, we worked with you. Uh, we, I mean, I, you and I have been speaking for a while and, you know, because you guys have done work with really similar campaigns, we felt that it made sense in terms of putting this together and making it professional. We got about all of our footage together. And so uh, one thing that we got actually that <clears throat> I didn't mention before, one thing that we prepared for. So this prototype that we got from the manufacturer, we actually got in December of 2019 of last year. Uh, it's a pretty old prototype. And we took that prototype with us to California uh, on like a marketing, you know, content creation trip. Uh, we took a lot of these lifestyle shots, a lot of these really shiny shots of the drone flying in the air, the drone in an orange you know, tree, uh, the drone doing some flights and really cool scenic sunsets and backgrounds. And these like really professional lifestyle shoots we did uh, all the way back in January. And now it's just converting to actually being used for ads and, uh, and converting to information for folks who are interested to back. So uh, yeah, it was a lot of planning and prep in terms of the hardware and product. And in terms of the sales, it was just get as many of these letters of intent signed and then put all of our content together from January and then made a bunch of new content a couple of weeks before we launched, we made the Kickstarter video. We took some more up close product shots. The ones that you see on the page and in the video uh, were done literally a week before going live. Uh, and then once we had all the content together, all the stuff that mattered to the, to the community, um, we weren't exactly sure what else we needed. So that's when we spoke to, uh, to Emily at Adventus and, you know, she gave us tips like, Hey, we would need these images. We need the controller. We need the joysticks. We need to understand this, that, this, and kind of the features that we didn't really expect that we needed photos of just because we're so focused on getting the drone to work and getting it to look good enough that we didn't realize that, Oh, we need some controller pictures or, Oh, we need uh, a GIF of this happening. And so we were able to kind of put that all together. Um, and then, you know, the whole time continuing dialing prospective backers and people who would use this product for their business or would use this for their interests uh, and continuing, like keeping that machine going at the same time. Um, and even now where we're still doing dials today. Beautiful, man. Well, I love the fact, and you may be the only person I've ever talked to on the show that's gotten, 
you know, LOIs signed by people before the campaign went live. Was there any pushback with those? I mean, generally, yes, but it was pretty straightforward because the way we got them signed was we, you know, got on a call, like on a video call where it'd be me, my co-founder or me and one of my engineers. And, you know, we'd literally say, look, we're building this for you. And, you know, we'd like to know if you're actually willing to commit to this. I mean, it wouldn't really be worth our time if you just say yes and then not sign this. But then, so after the first like five or 10 of these that we got signed, um, we started realizing as we got closer to the campaign that we don't really, really need them signed. Uh, a lot of these people are really having a huge pain point that we can quickly solve. So we realized that we don't really need to get as many LOIs as we thought. We just need a bunch of verbal agreements, send over some documents, send over the agreements so people see what it looks like. Um, and then generally people still were able to, or did end up converting. Um, but no, generally not too much pushback, you know, in the... In the world of B in the world of B two B sales, LOIs are pretty standard. You know, if this is something that your business is interested in. At some point, you'd like to commit to it. Uh, a lot of these people are okay with it, and I think the fact that we're approaching these freelance photographers and you know these mom pa shops uh, that are kind of two man shows or three man shows of people doing photography, they're just way more comfortable doing things that are kind of a little out of the norm, just because they're a few people. So talk to me a little bit about the community before the campaign and now the active Kickstarter community. When looking at the backers that have come into the campaign, 25% of these backers are first-time backers. And I'm seeing a large amount of backers coming in from European countries. What has been, has that been part of the targeting in terms of bringing in real estate photographers or just photographers in general that are outside the United States? Or how have you gone about engaging with the community pre-campaign and now with it launched? To be transparent, I have no idea about, about why European folks are buying this thing. Uh, we've only been targeting people in the U.S. just because the time zone and uh, information sharing is a little bit easier. But it's kind of, I guess it's kind of comes with the territory of building something that is really useful across the world. Another thing, some folks that we've gotten on calls with is that uh, a lot of the really high-end, cutting-edge drone technology is only for sale in the U.S. Uh, for example, Skydio R1 was never sold outside of the U.S., and even the Skydio 2, uh, you have to be in the U.S. or Canada to buy one. Um, and so we're by just by building cutting-edge tech and selling it to anyone who wants it, we're basically able to tap into that market. Um, but then, so I can't really speak too much to how or why the European folks are coming in. But in terms of the 25% of new backers, those are our photographers. Those are, you know, those are the sales that I'm making on a day to day. Basically, I call up a real estate photographer and I say, hey there, you know, we're building this drone and building it for you. We're looking to save you time, save you money. It's cheaper than the Matterport. It's more effective than the Mavic. And it's a combination of them both for a much better price point. I'd love to get you in today because after we go live, it's going to be $2,400 um, and this discount only for the next 30 days. So uh, I really would suggest you go in today and people are pretty responsive to that. So where are you finding these folks? How are you doing your uh, data scraping or your intelligence reports on finding these folks and then figuring out how to get a hold of them? These people are actually pretty active online and they are looking to get reached out to. So as a photographer, for example, let's say you take real estate photos, wedding photos, et cetera. You have your own website, you have your own phone number, you have a Facebook account, you've got a LinkedIn, and your job is to get noticed by clients. Um, and so these people are pretty easy to reach out to in that their phone number and email and website and LinkedIn are all public. 
So we're not doing any data scraping. We're not doing anything, you know, underhanded to get these names. We're just say, hey, I saw your website. We see you do photography. We can really help you with our tech. And that's how we're finding them. Nice. So Josh, you've been working with us for a while here at Inventus Partners. What were some of those considerations that you and your team went through when choosing an agency to partner with to launch the Vista Drone? So my biggest two considerations for choosing uh, a partner was the scale of how big and how many uh, large campaigns the partner was able to run. So I would definitely not look at any campaigns or any agencies that haven't done a lot of work for campaigns that break a million. Basically, that was our goal. Like if you've done a few multi-million dollar campaigns, you obviously know how to get something to scale. Um, so that's kind of the first iteration. There's still a lot of agencies out there like Jellop, Funded Today, uh, Mad Hatter, and a few other agencies that have been able to break that million dollar mark. But one of the reasons why we chose you instead of those other ones is because of your past work. Um, you've done Hexo Plus, which broke, I think, 1.2. Was, I mean, admittedly, it was back in 2012, so it's a different kind of time zone. It's a zone. different world back then, Josh. Completely different <laughs> world. Uh, but then again, you also did Orbi Prime a little bit more recently. Uh, I think in 2016, that was a 360 camera company. And at the end of the day, it's the, the kind of content and copy and branding and messaging that worked for those campaigns are a part of what you guys already do. And so it wouldn't be us trying to learn how to make that kind of stuff It'd be like, okay, let's look at what worked. Let's figure out how to incorporate it here and let's see how we can optimize it. Absolutely. So I know the campaign just launched a couple of days ago, but what's been the biggest surprise of the Kickstarter campaign so far? The biggest surprise for me was actually how well our email blasts worked. So in terms of how we're doing, we can see on the dashboard, you know, where the referral tags came from and where people found the links. Um, and we've got an email list of around 25, 2,700 folks who are just people who are real estate photographers with their email and phone number publicly available, um, folks that we may have reached out to in the past, uh, folks that you know are just advisors or investors and are friends of the company, things like that. Um, and we kind of just you know share an email saying, hey, we're live, check us out. I really didn't expect much out of them, but that has been literally the second highest converting direct sale system literally only second to me doing dials directly. So that was I was really impressed by how well that worked. Um, another thing that was actually surprising was that uh, a third of the Kickstarter community, a third of all of our sales are straight from Kickstarter folks, like people who are super backers or active in the Kickstarter community who are always checking the website. Um, so those are the two big surprises for me. Awesome. Well, Josh, this has been really inspiring and this is going to get us into our rapid fire launch round. Are you ready to go? Let's do it. All right. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Uh, I like the idea of futurism and I like up and coming technology and ideas and making new things and building stuff from scratch. So I think that's kind of where it all started. If you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Oof. Throughout history? Yeah. I mean, go as far back as you want. I would say, I would say Haile Selassie. So that's the actual emperor of Ethiopia back in the 1800s. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, that is a first for the show. What, <laughs> uh, what would have been your first question for him? I would have been, I would have asked like, what was your biggest obstacle? Nice. What's your uh, favorite product feature on the Vista drone? My favorite feature is the live stream to the VR headset. 
So we're doing a live stream capability where you can see live stream to your controller. Um, but if you have a VR headset like a cardboard or Oculus Rift, you can get a really intense first person view. Wow, I bet you that is killer. Um, any books you'd recommend to our listeners? Yeah, one book, uh, Venture Deals. I just recently read that. That's kind of a more entrepreneurial, uh, informational one. Nice. Well, Josh, last question. You're doing great. Um, and I know this is your first campaign, but interested to hear your insights in terms of what does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it's just growing. I think it's going to get bigger, better, faster. I think decentralizing e-commerce and putting it into a way where folks can back and commit to companies that are brand new, it's going to make it way better for new ideas to come out, new companies to come out, and new communities to get created. Amazing. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out. Awesome. So I'm Josh, CEO of Door Robotics. We're launching the Vista Drone. A drone with the first fully integrated 360-degree camera, one of the first indoor drones on the market. Uh, finally, a drone that can fly for you. Amazing. Audience, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the Vista drone campaign, and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Hype. Josh, thank you so much for being a guest on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you so much, Roy. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.